Good evening. So welcome to episode 15 of Tetare with Wanet. So today I'm very delighted to have Ambassador Muhammad Alami Musa on and I will introduce him in a while. So if you can hear me, please comment uh, in the comment section. And if you have any questions as well, please comment there. While we wait for people to stream in and before I accept uh, Ambassador Alami's uh, request, I just wanted to say that this episode was supposed to be done uh, about 40 plus days ago uh, but unfortunately my dad passed away and I just wanted to say that I, my family and I have been very touched by the amount of love and warmth that we have received, the messages, the, the, the messages, the PMs, the DMs, the visits, multiple visits from some people so we truly appreciate all of that and I will never forget uh, the the goodwill that we have received from every single one who have either message or spread a thought for us, spread a prayer for us. So today, we will have Ambassador uh, Muhammad Alami Musa. So he was one of those. I actually invited him right after the IPS forum. Uh, he was on the panel on identities and cohesion and uh, you know the forum where the concept of Chinese privilege was essentially thrashed and right after the forum I invited him, Professor Daniel Go and Melin Fung uh, to come on so we've done one with Melin and today hopefully the second one with Ambassador Alami so let me just introduce him briefly so Ambassador Alami is currently the non-resident ambassador of Singapore to Algeria he is also the Head of Studies in Inter-Religious Relations in Plural Societies Program at the S. Rajaratnam School of International Studies at NTU. Well, that's a mouthful. So it's called the SRP Program at RSIS at NTU. And he was also former, formerly the, the President of MOIS. He's still, he's still the non-executive President of MOIS. Uh, back then he had, uh, so now I, I may be wrong, but I assume it's just a director come advisory position whereas previously it was an executive position uh, so and some time ago he was also the chairman of the association of muslim professionals therefore he is a somebody as far as the muslim community goes it's difficult to think of somebody who is more prominent than ambassador alam i was thinking just now who could i say is more prominent than him uh, non-politicians who are uh, more prominent uh, then Ambassador Alami, I'm thinking probably Professor Hussein Mutalib and maybe Mr. Pu'at Matau. Anyway, so he's right up there. Okay, so so without further ado, so that's the setup. Let me accept his request and hopefully yesterday we had some trouble doing this. Hopefully this time there won't be any technical issues. Hi, Aiza, how are you? Aiza, how are you? I'm Hello, good, I'm good. Yeah, yes, you can hear me? I can hear you well. Can you hear me? Yes, yes, I can hear you very well. And you can okay. see me also, eh? Okay. Yes, I can see you as well. Okay, so, yeah. so, so thank you. First of all, so I need to apologize in advance for getting you on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Instagram is a cesspool, you know. It's like, it's like Hotel California. You only check in, you uh -huh. don't check out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, okay. secondly, I just wanted I wanted uh, the audience to know first. So, uh, the day that my dad passed away, Ambassador Alami uh, gave me a call and he spoke to me for about five to ten minutes. And I really appreciated that. You know, when you're 
when you're down and out, you really remember the people who who spent a thought for you. So I, I really appreciate it, and that's the the relationship that I have with Ambassador Alami. Uh, so so again, I apologize in advance if today some of the issues today may get a little bit contentious, but it's nothing personal because I have a good relationship with him. Uh, it's really about the issues which goes which go beyond me or him or uh, our relationship. All right, so. So the first question I have uh, for you, Ambassador, is uh, about that, that, I say, fateful IPS forum uh, where Professor Daniel Goh said that a lot of examples of Chinese privilege have already been brought up in the academic literature. And he then said they can, they, other terms such as, and I'm quoting racial prejudice, racial stereotyping, racial discrimination, institutional racism, structural racism have actually been used and they are better to describe whatever is going on in Singapore. And, and you, uh, you went after Daniel and you said that we cannot generalize Chinese privilege. We cannot say we are a racist country or racism exists uh, after you said that uh, you largely agree with Daniel Go. So my first question to you is, what do you think is privilege? What do you think is racism? And what are the instances that we see in Singapore? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, thank you. Thank you, Walid. Uh, thank you for the invitation. Can you hear me? Yes, very well. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, before I begin, let me preamble eh, the discussion tonight with three points. One is... Um, you know, I see this as a conversation, like what uh, Walid said, no? This is not a contest. <clears throat> it is not a dialogue whereby it's you versus me or I versus you, no? Um, it's kind of face-off, no. Certainly not a monologue. I'm not here to lecture and to convert you. I see this as a conversation. I like to learn as much as possible from Walid and from all of you um, to be exact, a kind of colloquy a structured and organized conversation. Secondly, which I think is very important, eh, when we discuss social phenomenon, uh, we must never generalize from the particular. Okay. So, for example, I uh, illustrate. You know, there is a lack of women on our on the boards of companies now. So there's a committee to increase women representation. But the fact that the lack of women directors on company boards does not mean that we can generalize that there is discrimination against women in Singapore. That's my point. Okay? But we and cannot so, discount the possibility as well, right? Uh, yeah, certainly they are. They exist, there are pockets here and there, but generally as a country, I don't think as a country we discriminate against our women folk. Then third point that i like to uh, emphasize is that we need to understand the meaning of words and terms, eh? and go to the genesis of it or the origin of it, the etymology of it. So, uh, example again, you know, the word tolerance, eh? I mean, we always use tolerance, eh? We think it's a good word. Actually, it's a bad word. It uh, emerges during uh, medieval toxicology and pharmacology, which means the amount of poison a body can absorb until the body succumbs to death. So, which means that if Walid has tolerance to me, I'm poisoned to him. You know, but and so on. So we have to be careful on the use of words. Eh? So, um, and Chinese privilege uh, is a big word, certainly a big word. Eh? Um, and uh, <clears throat> I, 
I see the discussion on white uh, Chinese privilege in Singapore as a kind of mirror image with the a study or discourse eh, of white privilege in the in in America in in the US, and um, of course the uh, the discussion about white privilege has happened or has taken place for quite a number of decades. You know, in in the US, uh, emerged probably during the civil rights movement. Eh, so but it was done very quietly until the Black Lives Movement came about. Then. It was thrust into social media, and you know this whole idea of white privilege became a kind of globalized. But it is contested even in the US. Yeah, the idea of white privilege is contested. The whites say, "No, no, no, we are not. We are not like that." You know, and some whites say, "Yeah, yeah, no, we are." You know, so I think there is a kind of contestation there. So I think when it comes to our, you know, and um, uh, of course uh, the the idea. Went uh, over to many places, including Singapore, and uh, and in fact, this discourse has just started. I know, Wali, you did a paper on on this, eh, with Humaira, is it? Yeah. Yes, Humaira. Yeah. yeah. But what I understand, in fact, Kianun was the one, lah, was the first one to do it specifically and study in 2018, I think. Eh? But be careful, you know. Uh, we cannot we cannot put everything in one in the basket of Chinese privilege, because I even heard that. A book by Lily Zubaida Rahim eh, on Malay dilemma in 1999 is also trusted or categorized as part of Chinese privilege study. So I thought, hey, we are you know going a bit overboard with this whole idea of Chinese privilege. So what I am saying is that I want everybody to exercise caution. You know, exercise caution and this whole uh, idea of uh, Chinese uh, privilege. Because the term Chinese privilege to me, it's very connected to racism, you know, and racism is another big word. Eh, uh, we have to be very careful in the use of the word uh, racism because it is the existence of very hardened cultural cleavage, you know, or or or, or gulf, you know, between the dominant culture and the subordinate culture, and yet dominant culture can be, of course, is a majority culture, subordinate culture, and minority culture. And that leads for the uh, dominant culture to look down, to ostracize, to alienate, and to dehumanize the my, the um, the subordinate. And in sociological terms, subordinate means the minorities. So I think, um, um, and and of course, uh, racism is is a is is a, is an area of study, a, a field of really a study. Um, you know, a lot of assumptions. You know, building on Personality link with hereditary, your specific uh, type, you know, skin color and things like that. And so, um, in the first place, um, I question, and this is also contested, whether um, the condition for for the existence of Chinese privilege exists. Okay, okay. whether whether in the first place is there. Racism. That's racism. Is racism pre prevalent in our society? <clears throat> and that is an so, important condition. You know, important okay. condition. Okay. So, so, uh, <clears throat> so you you are saying that if I get your stance correctly, you think Chinese privilege doesn't exist and racism is not prevalent, right? Um, I think racism. Of course, there are individuals who are racist. There are groups you know, who are racist, right. but but not I prevalent. Think as a country, as a country. 
and as a society, I don't think racism is prevalent. Because if you look at the definition of prevalent, eh, it is something deep, something severe, something intense, you know. And sure. uh, I can't connect um, this idea with concrete evidence or evidence-based, you know. Because, sure. right. yeah. Right. Maybe, maybe, maybe we can... We can explore that a little. Ah, sorry, sir. Yeah, I think it's the, uh, okay. the camera. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't pointing uh, at you. So, so yeah. uh, I I have a few responses first before before we get to the discussion. Firstly, I yeah. think I'm not sure whether you or you or I should be the arbiters on whether discrimination against females exists. <laughs> I think uh, we should let the the women uh, decide that and judge whether mm -hmm. there indeed is discrimination. I don't think it's our place uh, to discuss that. Secondly, uh, it's not uh, Kian Won who started it. Uh, Sangita Tanapal, I think, tw circa 2013, uh, 2014. Alfian yeah. Saad, Haida Sahuruddin. I know, but I'm not sure whether yeah. the term <clears throat> Chinese privilege was used and was interrogated and investigated. Eh? Okay, so, yeah. okay. Yeah. so so it was used, <clears throat> but maybe you are saying that it's not interrogated or investigated enough. Okay, so yeah. so so let's explore that. So... Uh, maybe I'll give you an example, and then you tell me what what an instance, uh, what what that, uh, what could be the appropriate word or phrase to describe it. S.M. Yeah. Taman not being able to be prime minister because he's not Chinese is that privilege? Is that what is that? Um, you see, S.M. Taman is part of the elite, and in sociological term, the elite is part of the dominant culture. So you cannot be saying that uh, a person of dominant culture is a victim of uh, Chinese privilege, you know? Wait, why, why, not, why not when, when the reason for him not being prime minister is, yeah. is because of his race? Why can't we say he's a victim of privilege? Or, or maybe we don't use the word victim, right? Because that's a, that's a difficult one. Uh, but why can't we say that uh, the fact that he is not able to be Prime Minister and DPM Heng is the next in line, that shows that DPM Heng, rightly or wrongly, rightly or wrongly, is the beneficiary of Chinese privilege. Would you not say that? Uh, it is hard to say, you know, Walid. Um, I mean, it's easy to say, but uh, I think uh, we need to be careful because there are many other factors and many other considerations, eh? You see, Chinese privilege, uh, you, you can link things to Chinese privilege eh, if it is something which is prevalent, you know, that, that, that this is entrenched, is rooted in, in society. But I think at, the, at, the, at, at, at what I see today now, uh, I don't think we are at that level or that stage, you know. So... I'm sure there are other factors eh, about DPM Tarman's, uh, you know, episode or issue. Uh, the most eh, that people can say that this could be just discrimination. Okay, this could just be discrimination. Yeah, and but to say, oh, this is part of the Chinese privilege. Eh, um, I have I have difficulty to to accept that because uh, the, the term. Sorry, Walid. Eh, yeah, carry on. Privilege. It's also a contested term, you know, because I, I, I tested this with a, a, a good friend of mine. He's a very senior religious leader, but he's from Nanta, Chinese educated. So sure. I told him about Chinese privilege. Now, you guys, you know, you are... And he vehemently opposed me. He said, 
you know, the Chinese educator in Singapore felt that the wave or the wind is against them, the head wind, you know. Sure. And, that and is secondly, so I, I, I traveled in a taxi with an uncle, you know, Chinese. And he said, look, no, I have to work, struggle so hard in Singapore. Doesn't mean I'm Chinese. I can just, you know, there are things in my, given to me from the sky, you know. And then, yeah. you know, uh, you go to food center. I mean, people say that they are, you know, there are social divides, like, you know, which right. so, the, so, so the, 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 the victims or the, right. the street ends are also Chinese. So you cannot right. so, say Chinese I, privilege, you know. Yeah. I absolutely agree. Okay. So uh, maybe uh, <clears throat> uh, an elucidation okay. of the terms is needed, maybe. So yeah. Chinese privilege doesn't equal racism. Nobody mm. I know has defined it as that. It may include, it may not include racism. So how Humaira and I defined uh, Chinese privilege is using Sangita, which is using Alfian and Haider, and they build on the concept of white privilege, which is unearned advantages that are conferred upon yeah. you. Now, so when we say Chinese privilege, it, it doesn't mean all Chinese under all circumstances are equally privileged over every single minority. Nobody says that. But uh, so when, when people say the Chinese educated have been victims, and I agree, but that doesn't mean that compared to the Malay educated, a Chinese educated doesn't have certain privileges. Okay, let me ask you, Ambassador, right? Mm. Have you ever met anyone who thinks a Chinese is a Chinese who is poor is poor because of his race? Because of his race, not in spite of his race. Have you ever met anyone who thinks that? Poor because of race. I think nobody because of his race. Nobody. <clears throat> right. But have you yeah. ever met people who think a Malay is poor because of his race? <laughs> <laughs> that's privilege. I, I, I haven't privilege. come across that. I always tell you, my Malay, you haven't come across. No, no. I always tell my Malay, my Malay folks. You know, you know when I go to the mosque when I was president, I say I see yes. in Singapore, you need to work very hard to be poor. You know, so I sure. think it's a. I mean, certainly, eh, there are discrimination on race. Eh? in the employment place or in seeking jobs and opportunities. I don't deny that. Eh? I don't deny that. Eh? But huh. if there is a, what you're saying, that there is a, a kind of a wave or a headwind against you eh? because you are Malay, I cannot accept that for the moment. No, no, no. Until, no. until, not... eh, Walid, unless, uh, until you do what uh, Peggy McIntosh McIn Okay. Uh, Peggy McIntosh studied white privilege. She did a study, you know, with 42 yeah. indicators, I think. You know, sure. and, then, and then after that, she scaled it and she said, yes, you know, this, there is white privilege in America. Okay. So, what right. I'm so saying, while it, I am not denying tonight uh, that certainly, you know, Tade, certainly no, but you as a scholar, uh, you need, if you want to go into this, please do a proper study. Okay, and so... 36, 40, 42 indicators. So, okay, so, so I, did, I didn't do 36, but I did 5 or 6 in the paper. So, <laughs> so that's one. Uh, SM Simon not being... There, there oh. will be other reasons. But the reason that was given was that he's not Chinese. Oh. <laughs> and, and also, you see, eh, uh, definition by Peggy McIntosh again, eh, that is what, uh, white privilege or Chinese privilege is as if you are having a knapsack a bag, yeah, an individual yeah, bag. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, an earned asset. Yes, exactly. You, but you don't realize, you know, because of your race, 
and also you don't oblivious to the other races they are not getting it you know right and that is the other analogy is that there is a kind of backwind pushing you along so you move faster but you don't realize it that there there are people facing the headwind you know so you know what it um i like to be prudent in 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 in, in the use of this term chinese privilege eh? because it's a very serious thing lah if we are having that in singapore i think we are in deep we are in very deep deep trouble it's a big uh, it's a it's it is it is a social problem you know so um yeah I, but but it, our the basis of not accepting something cannot be because we don't like the consequences right the yeah. basis of ac- accepting something is whether it's yeah. true <laughs> yeah. it cannot be what are the consequences right so maybe i uh, get back to that point i can go on but yeah. sm tamman this one this is the final time i'm going to ask and then i'll i'll go on to other examples do you think that's an example of privilege or racism or discrimination what is it because i think privilege is less uh less offensive than racism or discrimination because uh, dpm hing is not being racist he just happens to be a beneficiary of uh the fact that sm tamman is not chinese that's that's my point when i say chinese privilege you know okay like go back to dpm tarman eh you know i mean uh sm tarman eh or sm tarman eh you are a scholar eh i think uh, i i i'm a trained engineer engineer so i'm very particular about evidence you know about correspondence theory of truth you know you know you need to connect facts and the objective truth and uh, facts eh, and figures and then after that you conclude whether it is true or false lie eh? um i think for the case of dpm uh tarman eh um i am not convinced lah eh, that it is because ah it, i i'm not convinced eh, that what public opinion said about him is true Mm-hmm. I am very particular. Meaning, eh, that hundred ah uh, one million people say that Walid, I want you to be prime minister, you know, or maybe mm-hmm. three million people, you know, majority, right? Walid, you become prime minister. We want you to be prime minister, you know. So does that mean that it is true? I mean, is it, it it is the correct thing that Walid was well, well, a prime minister? You know? In a democracy, yes, that's how we choose our leaders. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but my point is that. When many people say uh, uh, Mr. Tarman must be the should be the prime minister of Singapore, no, I I I think he's a wonderful man. He is a good man. He's he's very competent. Eh? I, I I'm saying that. But uh, if many people say that he must be ought to be the prime minister of Singapore, it doesn't mean that uh, that is the correct. That is the best uh, solution or position yeah, right. for. But, Singapore, but, eh? but, yeah. but that's not that's not the point, right? The point is he is not going to be prime minister because of his race. That's the point, right? Ah, uh, I mean, it so happened that he is not the Chinese, lah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So is that privilege uh, or disadvantage? Or... <laughs> um, no, 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 no. I think uh, I like to believe until unless. Proven otherwise, eh? There is a a blatant, uh, you know, uh, uh, discrimination against a person like S M Parman. Eh? Then I I I can believe it, lah. Eh? 
At the okay. moment, Mualid, uh, I think maybe I, I just state my position. Uh, eh? Okay, sure, sure. Right, right. Okay, so so maybe that's our first point of disagreement. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I want to I explore the point I, I made earlier when you said you talked to the taxi driver and, yeah. and there are poor Chinese as well. And I completely agree. Nobody said yeah. because Chinese privilege exists, there is no poor... I mean, that's, I know that's the, the professor on your panel who said it, which I found was a, a completely unconvincing answer when he said yeah. white privilege doesn't exist because they are poor white people. But anyway, uh, I go back to the point because if a person, a Malay, is poor, a lot of times people think, ah, that's because he's Malay, right? But nobody ever thinks a Chinese is poor because he or she is Chinese. In spite, in, in fact, People may think that, oh, you are poor in spite of the fact that you are Chinese. Yeah. Would you agree that such sentiments exist? I mean, you are a student of Professor Hussein Alatas also, right? Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, that's why I think uh, we would try not to be too, too, sim too to be simplistic eh, in discussing social phenomena because uh, social in inequality eh, is a very, it is a highly complex issue eh, that needs careful and rigorous analysis. Eh? Right. And uh, I think uh, there are many factors. Lah. There are many multifaceted factors, you know, because I was in AMP for 15, 13 years, you know, and in Moise, eh, in for 10 years, I deal a lot. And uh, the, the closest people to my heart eh, are the poor and needy because of the zakat that we collect. Eh? So I believe that nobody in Singapore, no Malay in Singapore should be poor. And that was my premise. Eh? So, and, and, and we, we studied the problem. It's, it's multifaceted. It's not only because he or she is a Malay. And mind you, eh, the concept of Chinese-ness, eh, uh, I think, eh, distract the underlying problem of inequality. I absolutely, uh, I absolutely it's, in fact, race is not a factor. Uh, I, don't, I don't subscribe to the... Cultural, cultural deficit hypothesis, right? Yeah. I don't think there are institution, uh, historical institutional factors. But mm. my point is public perception. I've yeah. never heard somebody think that... Uh, have, have you ever heard uh, a parent say, oh, I don't want you to mix with those Chinese boys? Mm. I've never, never heard that before. Have you heard a parent say, I don't want you to mix with those Malay boys? <laughs> <laughs> But you see, eh, this whole idea of Chinese privilege, eh, it is deep-rooted. It is deep-rooted. It's a phenomenon which is deep-rooted in history. You know? It doesn't appear five years ago, ten years ago, or since uh, independence in 1965. You know? you know, the roots of white privilege, eh, as you know, it started basically during the, in it, the, the early years of colonization, the early years of uh, <clears throat> uh, um, imperial, European imperialism, and in the early years of the slave trade. So about five, six hundred years of, 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 of continuous history, you know. But what do we have in Singapore now? They're only about how many? Uh, 50, 55 years? And before that also, no, I mean the the Chinese, the Malays were not did not come here as slaves, you know. We were yeah, yeah. 
ปุ่มปุ่มปุ่มปุ่มปุ่มปุ่มปุ่มปุ่มปุ่มปุ่มปุ่มปุ่มปุ่มปุ่มปุ่มปุ่มปุ่มปุ่มปุ่มปุ่
in. You know, I, I said the same thing to Million, right? There'll be a maximum of 3,000 people watching this. Uh, but that IPS forum, hundreds of thousands of people read about it, right? And the, the term Chinese privilege was completely dismissed without there being any pushback. Oh, and even what you are saying today is a bit more nuanced than what you said the other day. Yeah. So I guess that, that sit at the table, I guess that was the part that right. a lot of people were. So how would you, no, do you have I anything to Develop the idea. If you are convinced that you are persuaded by this idea, my, 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 my response is that develop it in, in, in a scholarly and academic way. You know, with, uh, you know, with, um, with a good event uh, like what Peggy McIntosh has done, and I think uh, it, it will sound better and it will be very convincing. Lah, eh? So, and that's, that's my point. Lah. I, I okay. like to see, you know, this, this to be translated uh, as a concrete effort in, this, in, in, in Singapore's right. scholarship okay. of, race, of race relations. You know? right. okay. And if it is really proven, eh, Walid, I think we have something very big to handle, you know, as a country, you know. What 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 evidence would you need? What no, are the type of evidence? Let's look at what uh, others have done outside Singapore. Look at US. Look at <laughs> Europe. And see, see, you see the, the funny yeah. thing is, you said we mustn't import this concept. No, no, no. The but, methodology. But then, yeah, the yeah, methodology exactly. We mustn't import this. We mustn't yeah. import these concepts. But to prove these concepts, we import the methodologies of other people. No, no. But don't you see there's at least some contradiction? In <laughs> no, no. No, method. Whatever method there is. I mean, Peggy, Peggy did 42. And I remember one of it is, if you want to buy a house, you know, the agent will, will look who you are, no? The, the housing agent. Yeah. But I think maybe that one may not be relevant la, to Singapore. Yeah, because we have the EIP. So, People have to look at the risk. You have to look yeah. at the risk. <laughs> ah, so I think uh, the framework, the methodology can be used as a reference. And then, of course, you can, you can, uh, 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 suit it, you know, you can adjust okay. it. Okay. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for engaging. Uh, and I think uh, one of the things perhaps we agree on yeah. is that there's need, there's a need for more scholarly work on this. And, Exactly, uh, yeah. And that is a challenge I, I, I hope to accept uh, and embrace. Yeah. Uh, so so let's, <clears throat> let's move on. Mm. Uh, by the way, uh, for those uh, in the audience, and suddenly we have about 100 people, so this is one of the better attended ones, 100 people live. So uh, for those in the audience, the questions were agreed upon last month, before the events of the past two weeks. So we didn't change the three questions. <laughs> Just so happened, maybe it's fortuitous or, or lucky for us that, unlucky perhaps, that the questions have assumed more relevance uh, in the past couple of weeks. So you, in the IPS panel, you said you would like more of a dialogical society, right? And yet, in a 2017 article in Straits Times, one of your op-eds. By the way, Mr. Ambassador Alami has a lot of op-eds and I think it's worth reading them. Whether you agree is a different matter, but he has written a lot and, uh, and that is something good. I mean, we always want to promote more discourse. So in this 2017 article, you said that there is no benefit for religious communities to pressure the government directly or indirectly through proxy in or outside parliament. 
So <clears throat> first, let me say something about closed door dialogues. I think there is value to it. You know, for instance, I'll just give a the the, uh, the analogy may not fully uh, work, but the the principle is there. So. When I invite guest speakers to my class, I make sure it's closed door because in a closed door setting, the students are more willing to ask difficult questions. The speakers are more willing to answer uh, in a uh, forthcoming uh, manner. For, uh, and so I see the value of closed door dialogues. And I know, uh, Mu'is, uh, you, yourself, you have been involved in a lot of this. They've done a lot of good work. Pergas has done a lot of good work in closed door dialogues. But don't you think Closed door dialogues. I mean, the question is, I'm not saying that there's no value to it. I think there is a lot of value in it. The question is whether that's how we should uh, continue moving forward. But before we get to that, don't you think the idea of closed door dialogue, which you have argued for in the past, or at least implicitly, don't you think that goes against the idea of a dialogical society? Okay. Um, thank you, Walid. Yeah. Maybe I go back again you know, to my preamble just now. I think we need to understand what words mean, eh? what a term or what a word means. Eh? And the word dialogue eh, is uh, a, a, a value-loaded word. Eh? It comes from the Greek word uh, dialogos, eh? D-I-A-L-O-G-O-S, eh? two parts to the word. Dia is the ethical dimension you know, of the discourse. Ethics is involved, you know, in dialogue. And logos is the part on seeking truth, you know. Okay, so that means the discourse that you have through a dialogue is meant to seek truth, but it must be, it must be done uh, ethically. Eh? Ethics is very important. So, um, so you know, uh, and that's why, you know, even as I talk to you, eh, although we agree, I mean, disagree, there is still ethics between us, right? Yeah. We, we obey that. We respect that, you know? And we try to find good solution or, the, or truthful solution, eh? Yeah. But um, my... And you are right to say that you are not against closed-door dialogue, closed-door, eh? Because in life, there must be options, lah. Not everything can be open, no? Your dialogue with your wife, you know, must be in the bedroom, you know? <laughs> or... The dialogue which I have to my, my siblings eh, regarding our father, you know, how to handle, must be within the, the confines of our household, is it? So, yeah. And, but once you open it, eh, Walid, eh, my, the, the fear, the, the danger is uh, there could be contestation, you know? And in a contestation, eh, uh, sometimes um, the ethics part of the dialogue eh, will be sacrificed, will be the victim, the ethics part of the, of the, of the discourse, but of the discussion. What's the meaning of dialogues if there are no contestations? Why have dialogues if uh, you are not uh, expecting disagreement? Yeah, because if you use the word dialogue, it means eh, not a debate, not a winner or loser kind of thing. Well, it, I mean, I'm I'm taking seeing dialogue as a technical term like, because I okay. do a, 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 a bit of work on interreligious dialogue, so right. and that's how dialogue is understood, eh? And it's also and dialogue is also not the tyranny of the majority, eh? sure. Not the tyranny of, tyranny or tyranny of the majority, meaning eh, that um, you know an, an issue 
and then you do it in public in a public arena oh then you know majority feels this way doesn't mean that it is true you know doesn't Absolutely. mean that it is true you know so yeah. and that's why i think to seek truth in an ethical way uh, at times you need closed door dialogue because okay. to do that then you can select the people you know the experts or the specialists or the people with a genuine interest to come and exchange and don't forget eh dialogue is something which is a very disciplined way and organized way you know of exchange a two way exchange you know right. right so 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 let's let's explore that don't you think that is precisely the problem because there's a selection of who's involved mm. uh, whereas there are a lot of people who in this dialogue dialogical society of yours who want to be involved in the dialogue right and if they are not invited they are going to have it elsewhere anyway i mean they are going to have it on twitter where you cannot you cannot be controlling it yeah uh, they are going to have it they are going to have it on instagram they are going to have it and everywhere yeah. else they are going to have it at the coffee shops it's not that yeah. if you don't if you don't open it up suddenly the dialogue sure. will not yeah so, so and doesn't are... that go against your dialogical society idea unless you are saying that what you are proposing is not really a dialogical society it's a limited dialogical uh, society can i talk about dialogical society maybe so, 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 oh okay okay <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to go into a bit of the theoretical part first eh? sure, 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 um sure. i mean you are talking about in uh, an issue of public interest right issue yeah. of public interest eh? yeah, yeah, yeah 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 now issue of public interest eh? there's a certain treatment to it eh? uh, although you need close door dialogue um but in a, in, a, in the dialogue eh in a dialogue uh the methodology is that after the dialogue eh parties who are involved or individually involved eh, will have to come back and will have to in a way debrief you know or update you know their followers what has happened what are the issues what are the concerns what are my responses you know what are the other party punya punya points you know how they oppose us you know so there is a certain communication uh, mode of communication involved you know in dialogue dialogue doesn't mean close door eh? once the dialogue is finished you close the door that's it you know <laughs> no you parties who are involved eh, will have to go back and communicate with their followers and in the issue of public interest and i think this is where i can give an example of 2014 eh the hijab dialogue 25th of january if the 100 leader if you check the newspapers eh uh, straight sunday times and britta mingu on 26th of january 2014 there is a good account of what happened in that closed door dialogue So nowadays eh wallet as you know and it's the social social media world eh no such thing as difficult to you know have a closed door kind of uh, discourse or discussion certainly there must be information flow out of that dialogue setting and that's what happened you know uh, pm did a doorstop interview to give the gist of what happened community leaders mufti and you know the others were were also interviewed doorstop and then they shared with the public what what transpired you know in that uh in that closed door dialogue so doesn't mean closed door dialogue zero zero percent or zero information going out there is eh but uh 
there is a certain uh, decorum and a certain protocol uh, in terms of public feed in, in a calibrated way. So uh, that's what I mean by closed door. Now, uh, if you want me to go to dialogical society. Yes, yes I do. Yeah. <clears throat> now, my idea of dialogical society came about because I see Singapore in the next 10 years or so eh, to be a very diverse and can be a very divided society. And uh, we can be a polarized society if nothing is done. Wait, so so are, you, are you equating diversity to polarization? Uh, possible if there is no communication. And I okay. use the word dialogue because um, the beauty of dialogue is that it is, um, it is systematic, it is disciplined, it is organized, and it is, in a way, uh, governed, you know, by protocol and by methodology. Lah. So, and, and, you know, in a dialogue, you don't, in the, the basic of dialogue is that I dialogue with Walid Jumlat. My idea is not to win you over me to me, you know. My idea is to explain my position to you and yeah. I try to understand your position. And in fact, uh, uh, my job is to make you, make you more stronger in your position and vice versa. So can you imagine the mutual strengthening and the mutual reinforcing of dialogue? It's a very powerful tool uh, that, that um, can be used as a social norm. And I use the word social norming, you know. I think a lot, a lot of a lot of non Malay speakers on the oh, <laughs> if I I see this is Malay privilege. <laughs> you know Malay this is Malay privilege, no? You know, just ah, see, to, see, to, see, to tell, if, to tell you a story, you, eh? Ah. If you accept that, right, you know that sometimes <laughs> at meetings people speak Mandarin. <laughs> right? That's Chinese yeah. privilege or or is that not Chinese? Okay lah. You know, the other day, I called a, call, a hotline, a call center, to ask a product, you know, many questions. And I'm scared the lady, the woman on the other side is impatient and will put down the phone. But I discern that she's a Malay, you know. And I switched, you know, to Bahasa, you know. And I spoke to her in Malay and she entertained me, you know. So, it's natural in us. Eh? Ah, okay. So, if it's natural, and okay. let's explore that. It's natural. And there's more Chinese around. Uh, is there an advantage to that naturalness? Yeah, but you do it because it's natural, I know. So there's no... Yeah, no but nobody's saying uh, Chinese privilege is sinister, right? It can be natural, but they are still conferred a privilege by virtue uh, of the numbers, right? Yeah, but we are not, we are not to that stage yet. La, you know? <laughs> this is just an individual to your experience. And I'm very conscious of it. And I'm very conscious of it. I just laughed, you know. I said, my God, I'm great. And I think I shouldn't be doing that. Okay, anyway. Yeah, anyway, dialogical society. So I think if we can have that, and I think it will be wonderful. And to be dialogical society doesn't mean between you and government or groups and government or organization and government or state. But it can be between two individuals, you know. It can be between two neighbors. It can be between two colleagues or two friends. Eh? So, and it's part of our social habit 
social norm lah. Eh? Yeah. So I think that's what I meant by a dialogical society. Okay. So so you are advocating for a limited dialogical society, right? Because you still want many people to be excluded from this dialogue or some dialogue. Depends on what kind of dialogue. Dialogue there are many kinds. Eh? Uh, for example, dialogue of diplomacy. The one eh, we want everybody to know. When the Jewish leaders and the Muslim mufti, eh, mufti and the Muslim leaders went right. to synagogue, eh, it's a dialogue of diplomacy. So right. when these people all come, eh, page one, sure. photo sure. news, eh, that's good, right? Or yeah. dialogue of uh, life. You know, housewives, they talk about Ramadan or they talk about church or wedding, or a church wedding and so on. No? So there is dialogue of life and we want people to know. Dialogue right. of action, no? Young people of various uh, race and religion come and feed the poor. Eh? The whole concept of poverty in Christianity, Muslim, Islam, or that we want people to know. But okay. when it comes to, say, a theological dialogue or a scriptural dialogue, talking about, say, Trinity, it's a very complex uh, concept. Eh? Then you may want to be careful. No? Maybe let's talk about it. Close door, close circle. Okay. So, yeah. so, so can I, because in another op-ed in 2020, this was after the election, August, you said that in a dialogue, the conversation can take place only between equals. The yeah. conversational, conversa conversationalists must never be condescending. There should right. never be a feeling of superiority. Don't yeah. you think by saying only some people deserve to be invited, selected, there is a feeling of superiority and condescension towards those who are excluded. Ah, okay. Um, okay. Then my, my quick answer to that, uh, you need to be uh, very thoughtful uh, on who you want to invite, you know, to the, to the dialogue. Uh, eh? Yeah. So, for example, dialogue on hijab, eh? you find that uh, there is a group of people from organizations or from the Asatiza fraternity or from, you know, pri uh, pub, uh, community, religious sector. Eh? I mean, um, and I, I, yeah, I mean, sh certainly we, we will not catch everybody. There are people who ought to be invited, but we're not invited. So I think that's one of those things. But, okay. Yeah. Right. Right. So, okay. So let's move on to the final one. Thank you. So this is the longest episode we've had so far and we only have eight more minutes. So we have to be quick for the final one. So one of your suggestions at the IPS uh, forum was that hmm. we should have an NMP from the religious sector. But in the earlier op-ed I referenced in 2017, when Faisal Manap raised the Tudung issue right in Parliament and you, uh, you were saying that we shouldn't do that right? because to raise issues of religion in parliament for the sake of winning political support is politicizing religion and this is against secularism. So how does having an NMP from the religious sector not go against secularism? Yeah. Now, I, I am against, you know, uh, elected members of parliament to take up religious issues uh, or matters regarding religion in parliament because in the first place, they don't have the low size standi to do that eh? they are born from the womb of secular from from this from secular politics and that's very clear you know i'm very particular about um about uh 
being proper, uh, once you are elected, once you once the secular system produces you, uh, the secular system registered the point that there is a strict division eh, between right. religion and state, religion and politics. Eh? Right. So to me, because you are elected member of parliament through a political contest, you know, you don't have that justification eh, to take up then, matters why, why, of religion. Why, and secondly, eh, while it, eh, I thought, uh, yeah, you know, secondly, yeah, eh, you know, yeah. issues of religion should never be subject to a contestation. So for example, eh, Manak um, Faisal eh, brought up the issue of hijab. Yeah. You know, however beautiful his arguments are, however good his arguments are, do you think the ruling party will say, yeah, 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 we agree with you. Wonderful, Mr. Faisal. You were, you were superb, you know? You think so? In a political contestation, that will never happen. Somehow... No. You but need... that's not how change happens, right? Change happens uh -huh. over a long time of yeah. But anyway, that's, that's a separate uh, matter, right? So, uh, I just wanted to go back. Uh, the GRC system, why have it if the minorities cannot champion minority issues? What's the need of the GRC? Yeah, I think GRC is meant to, to serve the purpose to oh. make sure that in parliament there are, there are Malay MPs, there are Indian to, to MPs. Do what? To do what? Assuming they are there not just to look Malay or look yeah. Indian. <laughs> <laughs> the purpose is <laughs> the purpose is to raise no. No? no no to to give to give uh, value add specific and unique perspectives to issues of the day you know which concern which the presumably the chinese yeah, cannot which, no no which right? are national issues lah yeah national, yeah, national issues, issues. Yeah. I mean, how any I, any community how, how issue I, is a national how issue. I, right? How I see a national issue may be different, no, from an Indian or a Chinese MP. Eh? So I thought that it is meant to enrich the debate in Parliament, and it's also meant to have diversity, like in the House. Eh? Yeah. But the diversity but, is must be diversity of viewpoint, right? There's no point looking different, but if everybody thinks the same or. So I don't forget, yeah, in the same thing, you no, know, you are elected by your constituents, by your voters, eh, to represent you, and then you have to do that job, lah. You know that is your primary, that is your most important. Correct, job. And, and yeah, and the minorities have two constituencies, right? They are electoral constituency and the no, community. Walid, if you remember 1990 AMP, eh, where I came from, eh, yes. I'm still consistent up to today. Like I say it cannot be done. That's why we sell, we propose a non-political uh, community leadership. You know? Right. So, so basically, and you are not in favor of the GRC, is it? You are not in favor of the GRC in terms of the MPs no, no, no. being required to represent the minority no, no, no. community. No, no. GRC is there for, for multi-ethnic politics. You know, in the context of electoral process, you know, to be voted by your constituents, to be in the house, to represent them when we're discussing uh, national issues, lah. Yeah. But but I guess what's the point of having minority representation if they cannot bring up minority issues? Ah, minority issues to me, you ask me, eh? It is to be brought up by the non-political community leaders or the minority leaders. And and then don't have, the and then, then, then we don't need minority representation, right? Um, no, that is for a purpose that we want to have 
perspectives. I mean, I've said this a few times in Mali. <laughs> <laughs> I, I understand. I understand. No. Okay, so I understand. A, I understand. Maybe it should be reached an impasse. Maybe we we reach an impasse. Maybe 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 uh, that's another point of disagreement. And and also another point that I brought brought up uh, in the paper, right? Where minority MPs are required to serve two constituents, whereas Chinese MPs are not, and that's privilege. Say again, sorry. What? Minority MPs. Uh, minority MPs are required to. Serve two constituents. Uh, one is their ethnic constituent, the other is their ward constituents, geographical constituents. Yeah. Whereas Chinese MPs do not. Mm. That's Chinese privilege, right? Mm. Yeah. Chinese Chinese MPs but, don't have to prove their Chineseness, but, but right? Know, but, but Malay that, Malay and Indian but, MPs have to prove that they are Malays and Indians. That's but, that's. But, but you know privilege. that's tough, eh? You know that's tough, and that's why Malay MPs are. Having two 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 uh, facades, you know, one is a public, right, right. the house, and the other is the the exactly. behind closed doors, right? Exactly. So and Chinese what, MPs don't have that, right? That's how they do it, huh? Chinese MPs don't have that, right? Don't need to have that, right? Ah, uh, I'm not sure, but maybe. And that's privilege, right? Yeah, but <laughs> you know, Walid, you cannot just make sweeping statements, right? Because I'm not sure. You know the Chinese community itself has many issues of soul. I mean, the Dawis, the Dawis want to do street procession. You know, the 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 Dawis want big apa tu? Uh, no, no, no. I, the the yeah. point the point is not that Chinese community does not have issues. Every yeah. community has the issues. The point is, every Malay or Indian MP is supposed to represent Malays and Indians, but not every Chinese MP is required to represent the Chinese. Mm. Would would we would you at least agree with that? Or is that a sweeping statement? Also, we only have two more minutes, by the way. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you have the final word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I am clear in my mind that when it comes to issues of religion, culture, couple, and that has to be the purview of the non-political community leaders. Eh? Uh, then you take up these issues to the state. I think it's more. Okay, fair enough. Then, I think my, probably yeah. there's some there's some truth in what you said. Yeah. Sorry, that the time is up. Sorry, yeah. Ambassador, and thank you so much. This was the longest episode so far. Yeah. And I really appreciate your candor uh, and yeah, your willingness yeah, yeah. to engage. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, and we'll take yeah. this offline. We'll have yeah. a closed door dialogue after this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, uh, whatever <laughs> it is, uh, it has you have to be, uh, you know, whatever we say, you have to be based on. On knowledge and on 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 facts, lah. You know, sure, sure, evidence, sure, definitely. Evidence based, lah. We can't be emotional. Definitely. Yeah? Okay. Thank definitely. you. Definitely. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you so much, you. Ambassador. Bye bye. Thank you, everyone.